Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Got a lot more NBA news to break down today. Trevor Lane here. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith. Follow him at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I think we we kick off the post Christmas show with uh, with a Simmons siren. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we got it, man. Little Christmas Day Simmons. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so the news that broke on Christmas Day as part of their uh, long pregame show on ESPN and ABC, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, gave a Ben Simmons update. Now, it wasn't exactly breaking news that he had to rush off to, but he threw out that Minnesota, Indiana, Sacramento were interested. But he said the team to really watch in the Ben Simmons trade talks is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. And that is is. Notable because now we've heard the Cavs a handful of times. And uh, Woj very clearly noted that trade talks have all but shut down over the league over the last like week or so as teams are focused more on getting players into uniform <laughs> to play games <laughs> right. uh, than anything else. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But he, he said that the Cavs are very interested in Simmons. They see him as somebody who can help continue to push them uh, forward in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference. They've got some interesting pieces that they could send back salary matching wise uh, to, to Philadelphia without putting too much of a burden on the Sixers so I'd say that that's definitely something to keep an eye on well and those teams make a lot of sense we've been saying this from day one that it would probably wind up being a team that isn't normally a major free agent destination because they're going to see this as their opportunity they're probably going to be willing to pay a little bit more than a team that typically gets interest in free agency so these teams that wouldn't normally be able to get a guy like a Ben Simmons certainly not in free agency they're going to be more willing to fork over a bit more in a trade thinking this is their chance to get him. Uh, but the Cavs specifically, what does their offer look like? I mean, obviously, they're, they're, we don't have details right now, but let's just kind of go down that path. Let's say the Cavs are putting forth an offer for Ben Simmons. What pieces are they putting in the deal? Yeah, so presumably the ones we can take off the table are like Jared Allen, sure. Darius Garland, probably Laurie Markinen, because those are the guys you'd want to keep to build around uh, Simmons with. Kevin Love, I think we could take off the table because I don't know that Philly would be overly interested in bringing him in. Mm -hmm. Now, Woj did say there's a good chance this would be a three or four team trade. So maybe Love is the outgoing salary matching for Cleveland. But without getting into, I mean, we could spend the next four hours dreaming up three and four team trades. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, So let's take Love out. So I would say... Ricky Rubio, maybe, right? Because he almost has to be then if Love's not going to be because it's mm-hmm. $17.8 million of salary matching. And then it gets kind of interesting. Would they want Colin Sexton and say, hey, we'll we'll look at his restricted free agency. We'll take care of that. If you're Cleveland, would you put Isaac Okoro in the deal as kind of the young uh, piece there? He'd be kind of interesting guard with size. That's something uh, Philly doesn't have a lot of. Uh, most of their guards are a little bit smaller uh, there. Uh, Jetty Osman, another wing that's he's actually having a fairly good season for Cleveland. So that could be be an interesting piece. So uh, my guess is Rubio and then kind of from there, it's almost whatever the, the Cavs want. No, I didn't mention his name, but just so nobody jumps all over, over us. Of course, Evan Mobley is off the table. That yes. would not happen. So I think that the Colin Sexton inclusion is interesting. 
And I think that he would be a likely piece to be routed to a third or fourth team. Sure. Simply because the 76ers are going to be looking for guys who can play this season. Yeah. They want to go ahead and contend right now. So it would make sense for another team, perhaps a team that's, that just kind of feels like maybe they're out of the running this year, to jump in and say, sure, we'll give Colin Sexton a look. He's injured. We're not going to see him this season. But next season, we know he can be a good impact mm -hmm. player for us. So maybe that's a piece that gets thrown in. Still has some value, particularly to a team that's not trying to win right now. Yeah, and Philly already has Tyrese Maxey, yes. so you've kind of got your young scoring guard handled there that you don't really need uh, to to be taken on Sexton, especially in the fact where he needs paid uh, next next year to some extent at the very least. So yeah, it's there's definitely ways to get there. So uh, it's it's one of those where it's not one where you can almost eliminate it out of hand because it's like, well, there's just no pieces. It All doesn't right. make sense. You could get there. I, I, I my guess is. Kevin Love probably wouldn't be a part of it too because he's also having a pretty good year. And if I was the Cavs, I might even be a little skeptical on giving up Ricky Rubio too because he's having a very good year as well. Uh, but it's Ben Simmons, right? You got to get not something. Get a chance at Ben Simmons again. Right. And in, I can only imagine if 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 you're JB Bickerstaff and it's Christmas, right? We allow ourselves to dream and wish a little <laughs> bit. A defensive group headlined by Simmons and Mobley. Holy crap. Like you're gonna be able to defend anything mm -hmm. that that teams throw at you, especially if you've got Jared Lyon, Jared Allen rather sitting on the back line uh to clean up anything that gets by you. Uh you gotta get shooting. That then you really gotta yeah. lock in and and uh, it can't just be Laurie Markinen and Darius Garland as an improved shooter. You gotta get one more really good knockdown shooter. But that's something you pursue with whatever you have left after you make a Simmons trade. Now, you mentioned J.B. Bickerstaff. News came out, of course, that he got that yeah. contract extension, which is great for him, a guy who, who's kind of bounced around a, a bit, and now here he is. He's locked in in Cleveland now. What is it, through 2027, I believe? Yeah, I which, think so. Usually that last year is a team option yes. um, on coach contracts, but yes, the, the, for the foreseeable future. But just to kind of wrap things up with this Simmons thing, you know, right now the 76ers are sitting in the sixth seed. The Cavs are the five. Does, does <laughs> yeah. that... Does that change the discussion at all? Like, are the 76ers then reluctant to send Ben Simmons to the Cavs, knowing that they're in direct competition with them in terms of playoff seating? Yeah, my guess would be no, just as long as they get back whatever it is they're looking yeah. for. Because you look at it as, all right, that's cool, but, I mean, they're right there. Right. We're not that far behind them. And we've still got Joel Embiid, who's quite frankly playing at an MVP level. He's just not getting the pub because the team's record isn't very good because he hasn't had a ton of help. But yeah, I, I do think that's one where if you're you're the – if you're the Sixers, you you say, nah, well, we'll get in, then we'll worry about passing them up later in the standings, or we'll, you know, if we run into them and they have home court advantage, we're not going to exactly, yeah. you know, concern ourselves too much with that. All right. Well, definitely a team to keep an eye on, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll see if they can make a deal for Ben Simmons as we inch closer to the trade deadline. You know that the urgency is only going to grow. Uh, will Ben Simmons be on the move soon? So we'll just have to wait to find out. Uh, we do need to get in, into the Clippers, though. Paul George out three to four weeks with a torn UCL in his elbow. That's uh, that's not good for a Clippers team that's already no. missing Kawhi Leonard. Now, fortunately, we've talked about this. The Western Conference has been considerably more forgiving than it has in years past. But still, tough blow for the Clippers to be to be out. Paul George, look, they just lost to Denver. I believe yep. it was it was uh, last, last night. night. And yep. that's a game that where you look at it and you say, okay, well, Paul George there, 
they, that's probably a win on their record. So I think they are going to drop some games now without Paul George. But, you know, again, the West has been more forgiving. So what this means for the standings, eh, they might still be able to tread water. Yeah, they, they're probably going to be able to hang in. Clearly, the Western Conference has Warrior Suns at the top. Yep. Then you have the Jazz kind of in a the third spot, but in a tier by themselves. Uh, they're very close to the Warrior Suns tier. Um, so those three. And then Memphis has kind of set themselves aside because played really well without John Morant. Yep. Um, yeah, now that they're, they're, he's back, he looks like he's getting going a little bit. Um they're just kind of starting the front end of what's likely probably going to end up being multiple players out with COVID because it's just how this has gone. Nobody has gotten through one of these with one or two guys out. It's ended up being multiple players right. on just about every team. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Then it's this whole big bucket of teams that are all kind of within a game or two of each other. And that's the Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavericks, Timberwolves, and Spurs, I, I guess we can put in there trailblazers mm -hmm. if we want to. Um, but but definitely down to Minnesota. They're all within a, a game or so of each other. So yeah, I think it is gonna a lot of this is gonna be, you know, what happens, you know, when these teams start getting players back. Uh like, like the the Lakers, the Mavs, and the Timberwolves, are they gonna be able to push up the standings past the Clippers? Does this change anything for the Clippers? It, it do you look at it all and say, eh, you know, maybe we we could move a couple of these other veteran pieces out and see what it looks like. I've also one other thing I'll say on the Paul George mm -hmm. injury. There was some stuff floating around the internet that three to four weeks is a is an optimistic yes. timeline. Um, that it's probably going to be closer to six weeks, if not longer. Um, this is a, it, it's a rough injury, and uh, I've, I gosh, I can't remember who it is now who had this same injury. It was Nicholas Batum, his, his teammate. Mm. Um, he had this injury, but it was in his non-shooting arm, and he missed six weeks and said his arm felt useless when he came back. So you're talking about Paul George's shooting arm. So, yeah, I I, I think this is going to be a little bit uh, tougher for him to get back in three to four weeks. I just find it hard to believe. Yeah, I think, and I'd have to go back and look, but I believe the reporting on it was they were hoping that it could heal on its own in three to four weeks, and that was when they were going to go back in and reevaluate. Yeah, that's so, scary. Yeah, so that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, look, there there is, I know, obviously a surgical route with, with the UCL and, and that mm -hmm. injury. I mean, if you go into baseball, you can get into like Tommy John surgery and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I think that, you know, the hope is that he can just rest it and he'll be okay with that. But three to four weeks and then they're going to reevaluate. That doesn't necessarily mean he's coming back in three, which we've cautioned that a bunch on, on this show. Reevaluate does not mean return. So Correct. it's something to it's something to consider here. He, the Clippers may be without him for a longer period of time than just three to four weeks. So if you're a Clippers fan and you're marking your calendar, hey, four weeks from now, Paul George is back. I wouldn't do that just yet because I think you're setting yourself up for potentially some disappointment there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, breaking news. Yep. Jason Tatum into the health and safety protocols. Oh. So I'm going to let you carry the show for a second while I get a tweet off. Ouch, man. That's these, you know what the health and safety protocols have been. And that was one of the next topics that we need to get into. They have just been running rampant around the NBA. We've seen so many teams that are getting hit hard by this and they're having to adjust on the fly. And this is, as Keith was talking about a little bit ago, this is in part why the trade talks have died down. If you watched this show like two weeks ago, we had a week solid of just about trade talks, trade talks, trade talks. Everything was really ramping up. It sounded like teams were getting ready to talk deal as we were getting closer and closer to that December 15th date. 
But then as the health and safety protocol losses have really picked up, instead teams have had to shift. They've had to shift into more of a focus of how do we get enough healthy players in order to play the games? And obviously Jason Tatum being out is a massive blow to the Boston Celtics. We've seen some key players go down recently. You look, even guys like, uh, like what Kyle Lowry is out right now in health and safety protocols. The Bulls just got Zach Levine back, but then they lose Lonzo Ball, goes into health and safety protocols. It feels like most teams are going are getting hurt pretty badly by this. So it's been a challenge for teams around the NBA to deal with health, health and safety protocols. Keith, I know you just looked at it. How many teams right now have been untouched by, by health and safety protocols as of this moment? Yeah, so by just doing a very, very quick count off the latest news of teams that have players currently in the health and safety protocols, I think Denver, Indiana, and Utah are the only three teams that don't have a player in the health and safety protocols right now. So everybody else does. San Antonio hadn't. They've they've got a DeJounte Murray. I believe mm-hmm. Oklahoma City has Trey Mann um, in the health and safety protocols now. They were two teams that hadn't had anybody uh, in there. So, yeah, it's still going on. Over 500 players. I think the number is 512 players have appeared in NBA games this month uh, just to, to – Put the perspective on that number, 510 is the max roster size before you get into hardships. So we're already there. And that's including guys like Kawhi and Jamal Murray and those guys who've been out all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just telling you, you know, how far they are uh, you know, into the, these uh, things. Like last night, the Raptors played with, I think, uh, four regular players and, and four uh, uh, call-up players. Um, the Magic have played games with more call-up guys than regular players available. It's just, it's, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, but we, we're going to see it just keep, keep moving forward. Like, like this Boston Minnesota game tonight, mm-hmm. Minnesota doesn't have Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett yep. Vanderbilt, Nas Reed and, and Torian Prince. So, no, no, so there's nobody in Minnesota feeling the bad wolves. that Jason Tatum. So it's, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. In so, air quotes. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's running through the league. It's uh, now the good news is several teams got guys out over over the uh, Christmas holiday weekend. Yep, uh, we're seeing you know a lot of the the main guys are returning through this. A lot of the guys are coming back and saying. I feel great. I didn't feel bad when mm-hmm. I was out. The league and the PA are expected to continue to pick up talks uh, here uh, this week. After now that we're past the Christmas holiday, of uh, reducing that time from ten days to six days for asymptomatic and vaccinated players. So I, my guess is we're going to see that pass uh, here within the next couple of days, which that'll get even more players right. out. So we're 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 gonna. I I think this is not. It's it's still very serious. It's still something we should be taking very seriously. Um, there still needs to be precautions taken, but this is not a, you know, shut everything down. The season's over kind of thing. Right. These guys are returning relatively quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, John Collins, another name that just entered health and safety, safety protocols, but yeah. Draymond green. Oh Dude. yeah. 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 Draymond After green. The as well. Christmas it's, game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. But again, like you said, we're starting to see guys come out of health and safety protocols not a doctor, but the hope, of course, is that these guys who go into health and safety protocols, who have tested positive, they will then have a degree of immunity for the next few months here. So the hope is that you get through this this difficult period right now. Maybe it lasts through January or whatever. We know the NBA is reevaluating things as of January 19th. And then 
heading into springtime, hopefully guys will be good to go from there. And as we get further and further into this, you'll start to see these taper off more and more. That's that's the hope of the NBA right now. And based on what we're seeing around the league, how many guys who have gone into protocols, you certainly have to hope that's the way it goes because so many players right now are have at least either been in protocols or just come out of protocols. It just, it's crazy. It really feels like it's been everybody at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just a mess. There's just... No other way to put it. I mean, just some of these rosters are barely recognizable and, you know, teams are getting through. We, we were going to talk about a couple of the guys who, yeah. who have been uh, uh, coming up here. Greg Monroe getting back in the NBA. Uh, the Moose, Moose season in Minnesota. The Moose He's is going to join the Timberwolves. Uh, we just covered it. The entirety of the Minnesota Timberwolves front court is basically mm-hmm. out. So uh, wouldn't we even be surprised if he just starts? Um, we had our first uh, hardship turn into a standard contract, Alfonso yep. McKinney, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, signed a second hardship. And then they uh, ended up uh, signing him to a standard deal. They waived Alizé Johnson. Uh, and then McKinney promptly went into the health and safety protocols because apparently that's how this goes. Yeah. Can't have nice things. Nope. Um, but yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry was put in the protocols uh, the, this this week over the weekend too. So uh, there. And then we're hearing news on a couple guys who won't sign second 10-day mm-hmm. um, hardship rules. Isaiah Thomas with the Lakers. Lakers are going to go in a different direction. I think it makes sense. They've got a lot of guard, their guards back now. And yeah. IT, after a really good first game, didn't look as good in the, the subsequent games. So, um, And then uh, Justin Robinson of the Kings. Kings got a couple of their guards back, so they're going to uh, let him move on and not do a, do a second one. And there is a couple rule tweaks with the 10 days that I think are worth covering very quickly here. Yeah. Um, normally, in a 10-day process, a team can sign a player to two 10 days, and then if they want to keep them beyond that, they have to sign them for the rest of the season. And that's to protect players. You don't want sure. teams just say, hey, we'll keep you on a 10-day, keep you on a 10-day. Um, they've eliminated that on these hardships. Teams could sign a player to three or four of them if they wanted to. Um, they also said uh, 10 uh, – Players on 10-day hardships, they can actually be put on the inactive list. Normally, a hardship player can't be put on an inactive list. And what they're allowing for normally with a hardship is you get the player back and you're back in a roster compliance. you got to waive the hardship player or somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, What they're allowing for is you can keep them for a couple extra days just in case somebody else goes into the protocols. And then you're – so you're a little bit covered with, with that. Um, so lots of tweaks to those beyond just that they don't count against the cap or the tax and those kind of things. So, um, yeah, uh, veteran Anthony Tolliver, just kind of a fun note. Uh, he signed that. with the New Orleans Pelicans, his 12th NBA team, tying Unreal. the record with five other players uh, to have played for as many as 12 NBA teams. So that kind of fun note on that one. Somebody needs to pick him up and get him to 13 after he finishes up with, with the Pelicans. Right. Just just to add just a little bit of extra yeah, fun absolutely. into it. We need as much yeah. fun as we can get this fun season. This season. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I will say to um, your guy, Alex Caruso, I know, I know you're a big, big fan uh-huh. uh, of Alex Caruso. I believe he's now the only Bulls player who hasn't gone in the health and safety protocols this season he's, outside of their, their recent hardship signings. He's been out due to injury a number of times. Injury. But, but yep, yeah, you but may no, be right out on health and safety protocols. Yeah, Lonzo went in over the weekend too. So right. Lonzo Ball did. Um, so I believe he's the only Bulls regular player that is not uh, there. It, so, yeah. it would make sense that COVID couldn't touch Alex, Alex Caruso because he is the GOAT. So, you know, <laughs> it, it makes sense. 
Makes sense. Captain America, right? He's <laughs> that's a mutant. right. He's a mutant, Ca- Captain so. America. He's uh he is he's the bald eagle, the bald mamba, big balder brand. Gosh, yeah, I miss there him. it is, man. <laughs> just turn this into the Alex Caruso show. That's the the Alex Caruso. Caruso. Show. Yes. Yes, I, yeah, I see. I beat you to it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Keith, you know the we've got some of these veterans who have come back. Darren Collison now playing with the Lakers. That finally, yep. after a few years of being rumored to be a Laker, <laughs> Darren Collison's with the Lakers. You mentioned uh, Greg Monroe with the Bulls. You've got uh, Lance Stevenson with the Atlanta Hawks. What, which uh, Joe Johnson with your with your Celtics? Which of these like guys from from years gone by? Which one has been the most fun? Which one do you think's been been the most fun to see? And IT coming back, of course, as well. Which one has been the most fun for you? Yeah, I'm going to be biased, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's Joe Johnson, just because it was 20 years in between stints yeah. for him with the Celtics, and it kind of puts a cap on his career. He never should have been traded in the first place. Uh, that was a you know panic trade that that Boston made. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, Joe Johnson coming back and uh, being you know getting a bucket in his first game back on a very Joe Johnson play, snaked the pick and roll and uh, pulled up from the elbow and knocked it down. So yeah, it's a uh, you know that that's um. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go with with that one. That, you know, maybe my bias is showing, but no, that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. I I like it. I like it. So, um, and I'd actually agree, even as a Lakers fan, I think that was just a, a cool moment to see Joe Johnson yeah. come back and and get that bucket. Um, so yes, then one of the again looking for silver linings in a difficult time. But yeah, the Atlanta Hawks just announced Delon Wright is gone into <sighs> the the health and safety protocols. God. So yeah, just rough. I mean. Yeah, they, they're they're down to ten players available, uh, and only a couple guards uh, among that group. So, little little tough. But all right, yeah, we, we move forward. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Moving on. All right, everybody. Let us know in the comments section what your thoughts are on how the NBA is ha- handling everything with health and safety protocols. Uh, is there a player that that's your favorite that has gotten back into the mix? And uh, your thoughts on the Ben Simmons potentially to the Cavs deal. Is that a good landing spot for him? And what do you think a deal would look like? Let us know in the comments section. And of course, subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. If you're listening to the podcast version of, of this, make sure you follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.